0: So we are in part three of a series called Culture Shift, uh, and, and this morning I, I, I had this preached this message in the Pukukau, and it was and it was just a, a something of I think of the heart of God that was really challenging me, but uh, but uh, my prayer is tonight that it, that it challenges you as well, that that in our world of of a political correctness and things we, we should do we shouldn't do and. And with all our ideologies that are going around in our world today, we can so often as the church or as Christians as followers of Jesus Christ, we, we can be uh, be almost like forced to shift on what we truly believe in because of what our world is saying, what it's pressing upon us. And, and tonight I, I, wanna, I wanna have a message. And here's the thing. It's not a finger pointing message. I'm praying that the power of God, that His love pours out on people's hearts and lives tonight. This is between you and God. It's between me and God this tonight, and, and my prayer is that, is that as we as we as I uh, just uh, got a few thoughts for you tonight that that something will connect with you. In the 1800s, there was a man called uh, Edward Moat, and, and he was uh, he wrote an incredible hymn, and and for you young fellas, a hymn is a, is a song, but it was an old one with lots of verses, and 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 he wrote this this uh, hymn. Uh, that had incredible verses and incredible words on it. And and he based this hymn uh, upon a story that the the young lady over here was talking about, that that there was a wise builder and there was a foolish builder. Uh, And and this guy, Edward Mike, he he wrote a hymn uh, about these two people. Uh, And and the whole idea of of this hymn or this song was that, that there was two builders. We don't know uh, how good of builders they were. They, maybe they built exactly the same house and, and the quality of the house was exactly the same. But the point of, of this whole story was it was actually where they built it and more importantly, what they built it on. The houses could have been million-dollar houses, right? But, but as the, the young lady said, one house, when the storm hit, one house was, was shifted by its foundations and that it was built on sand And everything moved, and the house fell over. The house that stood still was the one that was built on the rock. And in our world of where our culture is shifting so fast today, sometimes, sometimes where we build our our life, how we build upon the foundation is the most important thing. And, And and, and I'm, I'm kind of concerned at uh, in, in my own life at times, and 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 with with our with our communities that that sometimes we we we're, we're compromising in some areas, and it's kind of making its way through society, and it's hitting us and, and our church. And, and I really kind of here tonight to say, come on, let's stand firm. How you build your life is important. Where you build your life, what you build your life on, is incredibly important. And the first thought tonight is is simply this: is that uh, that. In this sense of, uh, this message is actually called The Culture Shift Gospel. Uh, and we're gonna explore uh, what the culture shift gospel is built on. Uh, and my, my heart is, is simply this, is to bring us back to the Word of God because a shifting culture is a poor foundation to build your life and your faith upon. And the first thought is this, is that that culture shift gospel is built on feelings. The culture shift gospel is built on feelings. And in our our culture right now, it doesn't take long for you to to look online or or on the news or in in any kind of media that we've been given a lot of authority to our feelings. Uh, And and if this culture shift gospel was to be written, maybe some of the verses would sound like this. They say, your feelings will set you free. Uh, Follow your feelings. If you feel it, it must be true. If it feels good, just do it. How you feel is what's most important. A culture shift gospel. Can I suggest to you tonight, right from the very start, that feelings are a real poor indicator of truth. uh, uh, Feelings is a real poor leader. Feelings are are extremely poor foundation to build your life upon, extremely poor. This summer, uh, over over the holidays this summer, I, I, I've got a, kind of got in a bit of my, my running. I, li- I like to run, of, and uh, I, love, I live in the best town in the whole world called Tuakau. You might not know where Tuakau is, but it's a small town with about five dairies and seven, seven takeaway bars, uh, but it's an amazing little town outside of Pukekohe, and there's, there's this massive mountain uh, there. It's like Mount Everest. It's so high, about the same height as Mount Everest, and, 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 it, and it's kind of right beside my house, and it's on my running track. Uh, so so where, I, where I run, I run early in the mornings and or have been through the holidays. And, and every time I come to Two Mount Everest, my legs started to hurt. I started to feel like, like have these thoughts in my, my brain's that, there's no way you're getting up here. I, I started to... To, to breathe faster, and like I, I'm just gonna kind of struggle to breathe to even be able to get up this, get up this mountain uh, that was right in front of me. It's not actually like Mount Everest, but it's a big mountain anyway. Uh, and, and my breathing would go up, and, and, and I keep having these thoughts and these feelings like there's no way you're getting up there. And, and it was at that point on, of coming around uh, my running track and facing the mountain this one time, I heard William Wallace's voice off Braveheart in my head. He's the guy that's painted blue, his face. Yeah, you know that guy? Scottish guy, and, and it was his speech that he gave to his, to his warriors, to the army, that, that really challenged me. And I could hear his words, and he, he, was, he was talking to me. He was saying, Daryl, you don't have to run up this hill today, but you can't let that feeling win. If you let that feeling win today, next week it will be even stronger, and it will beat you again. You can picture it in a Scottish voice going around in my head. And as I was looking at this mountain, he was saying like, today, if you wanna run up this mountain, this hill without stopping, your competition is not the mountain. Your competition is that feeling. And today, one of you is gonna win. It's either gonna be you or that feeling. That's your competition not the mountain. So who is gonna win? And it was like, I'm looking at the mountain, It's not really a mountain, just a climb, because I'm about to run up it, and, and something inside of me just said, I can, it's not about how I feel. And the amazing thing is I, I run up it once, and then the next day I ran up it again, and the next day I ran up it again, to, a couple of weeks later I was able to run up there twice in the same run. And, and and here's the thing, if you allow your feelings to lead you, they can take you places that are contrary to the call of God on your life. They can take you to places that God never planned for you because of our feelings controlling that. Feelings are not a good foundation to build your life upon it. And, and here's the honest truth, I, I often feel like not reading the Word of God to find out what to do next. I often feel like not preaching, if I'm really honest at times. I often feel unloved. And I often feel like, God, are you not listening to me right now? But here's what I've learned, and I'd love if you forget anything about this message, tonight. write this down. What I feel is not nearly as important as what I know. What I feel is not nearly as important to what I know, because the gospel isn't built on feelings, it's built on truth. The gospel isn't built on how you feel, what you know, what the weather's like tomorrow we get up and how we feel, it doesn't matter. The word of God, uh, the gospel is built on truth. John 14, verse six, uh, it says this, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except by me. John 8, verse 31 says to, to all the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said this, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then what? Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you See, the culture of today will will say that following your feelings is the ultimate freedom. And I have to say that from my experience, that doesn't work. I see it, I hear it from many people most days of the week after it's all come crashing down, that, that they did something or they entered into something because they felt like it. Here's the truth. If you play with fire, it will burn you. If you drink too much, you will get drunk. If you keep looking at porn online, you will get addicted. If you don't accept God's plan for your relationships, He you can't bless it. Like you. Your real freedom comes from following the truth. And you find that truth only in the Word of God. See, see, there are many times when I when I feel that God that God doesn't, doesn't love me. But, but what I feel is not nearly as important to as what I know. And I know according to his truth of his word that he does and nothing will ever, ever change that. So church family, come on tonight. In this shifting culture that we all live in, build your life on truth and not feelings. In our world today, uh, when you choose to build your life on the truth of God's word, it's, it's not always popular, right? It's not always popular, but come on, be bold. Be courageous. We're called to influence our world, not go along with our world. Stand up this week. Here's a question for you. Here's a question uh, that you can ask personally in, in your mind or during the week. Says, where in your life are you building on feelings rather than truth? Where is it? Second thought is this. The culture shift gospel uh, is built on compromise. The culture shift gospel is built on compromise. But here's the thing. Compromise... In a few places, is actually a good thing, right? Like, like in marriage, between a husband and wife. And now, I'm, I'm married to the most beautiful woman in the whole planet, in the whole world. She's the, the love of my life. Her name is Denise. Uh, and and we, we're actually into our days off. We're into the Netflix kind of binge-watching different series and things like that. Now, now my series that I want to watch is called Gotham Garage and Rust Brothers. They, they do up these old cars from scrap heaps, and these things are beautiful machines that they make to come. Denise loves anything with English subtitles <laughs> and programs like When Calls the Heart. <laughs> so we compromise, and what do we watch? Movies with English subtitles and When Calls the Heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Don't tell her, please. But compromising your faith, compromising your faith is, is a shifting and unstable foundation. The Culture Shift Gospel will suggest these things to you. It will say, blessed are those who compromise on moral issues when convenient. The Culture Shift Gospel will say, if you love me, keep my suggestions. It will say, do whatever makes you happy. It says, take up your preferred version of life and follow me. The culture shift gospel will say, I have come that you may have happiness and sin without guilt. Growing up, my mum is one of the greatest ladies, is the greatest lady on the outside Denise, that is So yeah, don't let that get back to you either. Growing up, my mum is an incredible lady, loving and supportive and, but I used, you used to know growing up at home, if you crossed your mum, you were in some kind of serious trouble, right? She would say, my mum would say to me, like, Daryl, get into your room and clean this room up. And, and she wasn't giving me a suggestion to do it if I felt like it or wanted to. Or she, would say, she, she was saying, Daryl, get in that room. And the reason uh, and to clean this room up and how I really understood that it wasn't a suggestion because she would always follow up when I didn't do it. You wait till your father gets home. And and immediately, just those words of father coming home, who would run into the room. And and some of you millennials won't know what these things are, but there was a thing that called, (laughs) or actually probably people under 30, yeah, 30. You, you You might not know what these things are, but I grew up in a house where there was a thing called a wooden jam spoon. And they weren't for mixing soup or making jam. A wooden jam spring. go and you can probably Google it and find out what they are afterwards. But but they weren't used for cooking. They were used to That's right, it did happen. <laughs> I turned out kind of alright most of the time. See in our culture right now that 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 celebrates and elevates you doing whatever makes you happy and living without judgment. Or moral conscious. See, the truth is that culture can creep into our faith. It can creep in so subtly, and it can shape the way that you live for Jesus. Like, like this, like forgiveness, it isn't a suggestion. Loving your neighbor, it's, it's not a suggestion. Sexual purity, it isn't a suggestion being in the world but not of the world, it, it wasn't a suggestion. Right now, the culture we are in has the potential to create a generation of, of Christians who treat the word of God like more like suggestions rather than direction. And, uh, and who want heaven but not discipleship, that who want salvation but not the savior, who want grace but not the truth, that's not the way I want to live my life or build my life upon. And I want you to know tonight that that if you're if you're going down a, an avenue of of shifting week to week and what you believe and what you feel and anything goes, can I say it will be like building your house upon a sandy foundation one day. come down. But here's what Jesus, is Jesus said this in Matthew 16, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up a cross. And follow me. He didn't say it would be easy to stand against the culture that we live in. But he did give us all of the tools and how and where and what we can build our lives upon. It's your third and final thing is band you guys could come up, it would be great. The gospel isn't built on compromise, it's built on conviction. The gospel isn't built on compromise, it's built on conviction. Daniel chapter one, verse eight, it it says this, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine uh, that was given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. See, Daniel, he determined, he has a book in the Bible named after him and I encourage you to get on and read it this week because he lived in a culture that was shifting and moving so far into to what he was, and and there's incredible insights that if you get the word of God into you, it will change your world. But Daniel determined that before he'd even smelt the meat or even seen the richness of of the wine that the king was offering, he had a conviction, uh, and he determined how he would live. Does anyone else apart from me, when you go food shopping, do you ever have cravings for sweet things? It can be very damaging, right? Denise will ask me to go, she'll give me four things to get from the supermarket. So I'll go and get those four things, but as I pass the chocolate aisle, it's calling my name off the shelf and wanting to just, it kind of just leaps off the shelf and into my trolley every single time, every single time. And and when I get home, the first thing she says, well, how did you get on, darling? I said, I got on great. Have a guess what, what? Chocolate was on special but I didn't ask you to get chocolate, he said. That's on special, how good is that? How, 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 what kind of a sign do you need? It's on special, it's got to be right. I knew what I was supposed to get, but I got a whole lot of chocolate that I didn't need because it was calling to me. The problem was it cost me a whole lot more than I bargained. If we aren't full of conviction, We will fill ourselves up with compromise and a price tag of compromise is always a lot more than we ever think it will be. See, unless we have a conviction of of who God is, of the authority there, of his word, of his truth and who we are in him and how he has called us to live, we will have a life built on compromise and convenience. See, it's not always easy. It's not always convenient to pray or to give, or to show up, or to serve, or or to lead that small group. It's not always convenient to stand for truth, but I have this conviction that I wanna build my life on, uh, so I've determined how I will live. I'm convinced that God is real. I'm convinced that God loves me and He loves you. I'm convinced that His Word is true. Uh, I'm convinced that He gives us an avenue, a way, some guidelines to live, and that they're not suggestions for us. I'm convinced that the word of God is alive and living and breathing. I'm convinced that Jesus died for my sin and is the way to eternal life. Last question, is there an area where you are living in compromise rather than in conviction? What's the thing? Is there a a peace? Is there a place? Can, can I encourage you this week to, to not just go after a, a great Sunday or another lovely Sunday in church but but it, but it's time I think we're living in seasons we're living in a culture where it's time to actually stand up because if you not if you're not standing you're, it's kind of like a picture of 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 trying to balance on one foot it, it's like we try to live live our lives sometimes with yeah I'm I'm, I'm kind of Doing the best I can, but you no, know, I'm feeling like today it's it's I'm not really kind of feeling like I want that anymore. That there's something else for us here, and it's hard to live life, and it's hard to move on, and it's hard to balance. You can see I'm not a ballerina, but you can you can see It's not easy to live life when you're on something that's constantly shifting and moving. So choose not to. Determine not to build your life on things that are moving and shifting from week to week and the trends, on the, on the, the whims of everything, but choose to build your life on the Word of God. You know what I, I, I think? When we choose to build our lives on the Word of God, you actually stick out like a sore thumb. Your you, Word of God, you, you stick out like a, a light, like a city upon a hill. Imagine the influence in your school, in your work, in your home, in your neighborhood, down your street, you decided tonight to stop the shifting, the balancing act, and choose to be in boots and all. How would it change your life? How would it change your community? Come on, why don't we close our eyes right now? We're gonna close in a few minutes and... But but I want to pray tonight for you. I want to pray for you and Father God tonight. Lord, will you in your loving, gentle, persuasive way, would you speak to our hearts, O oh God? Lord, you Lord, you didn't come to condemn us. You didn't send Jesus to condemn the world, but to save the world. Your heart is for it. You see us, we the head and not the tail. You, you've, you've called and you've chosen. But God, I pray for, for those here tonight, Lord, myself included. Lord, we're, we're building some things in our life and it's shaky, it's wobbly, it's, it's not stable. So tonight, oh God, the way that the most loving Father would, will you confront us with your love tonight? Would you speak to us tonight? Well, would you give us that courage to stand firm, to stand up, to build stronger, oh God. Jesus, it's mighty. Well, you got your eyes closed right now. You might say, Daryl, you This is my first time in church tonight, huh? or oh, first time in a long time. In. I need to tell you tonight that it all starts knowing God, it starts with Jesus. Christ is the solid foundation. He's the rock of our salvation. And tonight, this is what he did for you and for me. God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son because there was there was a gap between you and a loving father because of a thing called sin, our stuff that separated us from him. But, but God so loved you that he sent his only son, Jesus, to this earth to take hold of your stuff, to carry your sin, your shame, your pain, the stuff that separated you from Him. He he paid your price. He paid your debt on a cross. And and when He died that day, on the third day, He 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 rose again uh, after being crucified and paying the price in full, nothing more to pay. He willingly reconciled you you got